just a, a genre of fiction called Omegaverse, and it's basically like if you supplemented um, like wolf hierarchies and mating patterns onto humans um yep. uh, what, what would that be it. like okay. <laughs> <laughs> i've had i've had this, i've just outed game but she yeah. told me about <laughs> it's it <laughs> just the the defeat in your voice like you know, the the resignation yeah, like oh <laughs> i sat her down i sadly explained it I said sorry many times that that yeah. was something I've ex- I've read and have also now shared with her. <laughs> hey you over there. Yeah. Guess what? What? You wanna talk spooky stuff? Okay. Hi, I'm Kay. And I'm Gabe. You're a ghoul. Sure am. Wow, same. What brings you here next to me? I'm kinda over humanity. Yeah, people are trash. Just like a body piece. You know there's a lot to say about how medium is me. Like there's a more to every story. Exactly. It's fascinating. We could make a show. A show? And we'll let everybody know. Use our brains. Brains. No, not to eat. To educate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you could say we're, we're the, the ghouls next, next door. It's so fun. Okay, hi, I'm Kat. <laughs> and I'm Gabe. Hold on, I just want everyone to see. <laughs> Charlie here. She's just purring away. Uh, yeah. So people might hear Charlie. Uh, I'm Gabe. <laughs> or the Phantom. Uh, and we're... And we're... The Ghouls, the ghouls Next, next door. door. Talking about spooky stuff and being and magical and, and musical right yeah. now. Singing yeah. about it as well. <laughs> yes. You can't just do yeah. one. No. Uh, I think it's a little obvious what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but if you <laughs> weren't paying attention and you're just like, that's just what Gabe does, uh, it's <laughs> lopsided mass that don't fit her face because it was like $3. Um, we're going to be talking about Phantom of the Opera, which is, I mean, probably the most musical of musicals that we've covered. Yeah, like in terms of like, this is 100% a horrific musical that has been <laughs> on Broadway in the classical sense, was not just a movie. Yeah. was also, like, a very long-living <laughs> Broadway very musical. Long to watch as well. Yeah, it was the two thing. hours yeah. and change. <laughs> Runtime. Yeah, and uh, I think it's also fun that we're, because this is our guest episode, and we, we've had it planned for quite a while, because uh, I was like, if we're going to do musicals, right, mm-hmm. and we're going to cover Phantom of the Opera, then there's a specific guest that I had in mind, because <laughs> I'm, like, a big fan of hers anyway, uh, but I was like, if anyone knows anything about Phantom of the Opera, and also just about music, like, musicals and performing, um, our guest is phenomenal with that, uh, and I have seen her perform uh, improvised musicals, so we'll ask mm-hmm. her a bit about that, uh, and so we have... Angelina here. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Great <laughs> to be on here. I don't Welcome. care about Phantom of the Opera at all. I'm just holding this bear by pure coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No reason. No reason. No reason. Yeah. And I said, uh, when I saw you went, so you went to, uh, it was uh, a Broadway, like, flea market? Is that what it was? That you got the yeah, monkey Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so every year, uh, Broadway Cares, uh, which Equity Fights AIDS, is the big uh, Broadway union um, side project that raises money for, for, for AIDS research. Like, if you've ever been to a Broadway show, you've probably um, seen... Sorry, I was just checking to make sure I was speeding again real quick because I'm paranoid. You've probably <laughs> seen um, cast members at the end soliciting donations or, you know. And so the flea market is just basically all of the shows and various unions that work on Broadway have tables of just donated stuff, whether it's from people that worked on shows or who are in Mm -hmm. those guilds that have, like, just all sorts of related paraphernalia. They put it up and they sell it for um, money that goes to that. And then they do auctions for, like, really cool stuff. But 
the thing I wanted, which was phantom related, uh, started at five thousand dollars. So that that, that was not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh nope. lord. <laughs> nope. 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 I, I was like, can I look at the the starting bid for that? And they handed me the clipboard, and, and I was like, it'll be like what three hundred dollars? Oh my god, you know. <laughs> so had to walk away from that one sadly. But yes, yeah, so I was there. A chandelier, um, like what the, it was literally one of the like. I guess we'll get into it, but like the the management in the show, they get letters from the opera ghost, and like yeah. it was a prop letter that was signed by the original Phantom on Broad or in London and on Broadway, Michael Crawford. So. Yeah, oh, that's like, so cool. I get it. Uh, yeah, but it's very cool. <laughs> it's a big deal. Just uh, so expensive. <laughs> For, like, yeah. just, to, you know, being a big fan. Uh, but you did yeah. get a piece, uh, and I, I, when I saw that, I immediately sent it to Kat, and I was like, here's to further validate why I chose this guest to come on. <laughs> yeah, my little commemorative monkey music box, which yeah. I yeah. could run downstairs and get it. I didn't think to bring it up here with me, but it is, it so is a piece. Good. Um, and I saw it at a table yesterday, or rather Sunday, and I never, like, I'm, I'm a pretty passive person, but, like, it got, like, it got, like, middle school, like, I'm gonna fight somebody for this. She's like, get out of the way. Yeah. I need Probably this. worn out for my rest. Yeah, no, it was just, like, my brain didn't even think about it. I just saw it, and, like, I'm so hardwired at this point to just be like, is that a phantom thing? That, like, I went, yeah. like that. Must own. And the rest must own. My, 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 we have, like, this small house. My husband's like, please, please don't bring home any any more things, especially if they're f- phantom things. I'm begging you. <laughs> so I was just yeah. like, hey, honey. That's yeah, what I found. Yeah, yeah, I have that with, like, Halloween anything. Like, especially oh, now yeah. that it's, like, the time yeah. of the year. Like, we any store. Like, we were in, like... Home Depot to get like mm-hmm. something to fix something in the bathroom and like he's like all right th- like putting on the blinders like you can't look over mm-hmm. there I know there's lawn ornaments and we don't have a lawn but you want <laughs> that skeleton and I was like but I I need it oh <laughs> actually I didn't know but I need that I I get it now because like my so we our kids finally old enough to be excited for Halloween and we we live on in a duplex on the second third and fourth floor and yes. our neighbors on the first floor are like you can go ahead and decorate the porch but we've never done it um and this year our daughter's very excited about halloween so like a, just a storm has gone off in my head i've i've just started decorating like buying all sorts of just like oh you know skeletons giving thumbs up and stuff like that to put <laughs> yeah. on the porch just because like I've, I've just become that person i'm gonna be like the obnoxious pta mom that's like no let me make the cool cupcakes I was literally. I love Halloween. Day, like, I want a porch so that I can decorate it for Halloween. And my partner yeah. was like, "Okay, but when do you take it down?" And I was like, "Take it down? What do you mean?" Uh, <laughs> when it's down. always Halloween. Yeah, always, it's yeah. always that. Yeah. <laughs> so Eternal I get, Halloween. I get obsession. Yes. Um, I understand. I it. would love for for you to kind of talk about uh yourself a little bit and introduce yourself (laughs) to our uh viewers and listeners uh to get a glimpse into like who you are and why you're an amazing guest for this episode specifically (laughs) that's the first time anyone has ever called me amazing and i have a kid and a husband no um (laughs) i uh (laughs) so my name is angelina Meehan, and i guess um you know, it's weird because I never thought I'd have anything that remotely looks like a platform, Not, which is, oh, again, that sounds way more hyperbolic than it actually is. But like, uh, I, I currently am an editor and writer for a YouTube channel. You might know her. Her name is Lindsay mm-hmm. Ellis. I'm her co-writer and um, co-editor. And I've been doing that for about four years for her uh, professionally, but I've known her since I was 13 years old. We met on oh, fanfiction.net. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We met on fanfiction.net in, in 2001. And uh, somehow, like, we just became like be- internet BFFs, basically. And now she's, she's my boss and I've not just one of my best friends, but also just someone who I just genuinely enjoy creating with. So that's, that's my main gig right now. And we do side projects. Like right now we're working on something for PBS, but um, outside of that, like my main gig is I really, really, really like uh, musical theater and I like performing and doing comedy. So um, prior to COVID, uh, I was doing a lot of improv comedy, which is how I met Gabe, a team I was on called Metropolis did a show at Philly Cam. And Gabe was fantastic and bubbly and I made like the experience so fun. And I also do... um, 
musical improv. I'm on hiatus right now, but I'm going to be going back soon to it um, just because I got pregnant and then COVID happened. So, uh, but they're starting back up. So, uh, yeah, it's, (laughs) but like, yeah, so musical improv, which is exactly what it sounds in the case of the team that I did. um, Thank you places. It is, you know, we do an hour long show made up on the spot and it have full music accompanied by piano, that sort of thing. Um, and it's fantastic, and I'm already, I'm actually going to be doing a comedy puppet show in um, oh. Philly for Christmas, so I'm very, very excited about that. And it's going to have music in it and everything. It's a musical, too. So <laughs> I really love musical theater. Like, just kind of always been too much energy for, you know, four walls, too much energy, not enough energy for sports, rather. Um, <laughs> I, did, I never ran that high school mile. Uh, but so, so musical theater always just kind of seemed to be like that perfect in between, you know? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one love Lindsay Ellis. Um, my mm. partner's a big fan and I feel like he still doesn't believe me whenever I say, <laughs> he's like, really? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love, you know, the, uh, just learning more and it's also super entertaining. Um, and yeah. to kind of like see your like adventures alongside her and like where you're going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess I should clarify like we we talk a lot about pop culture and media studies and it's it's primarily through a com- uh, an entertainment comedic bent but we also do try to be academic. Um mm-hmm. my boss has her her masters in filmmaking from USC which you know it's 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 scary film school. I don't know what else to say. I'm like George Lucas, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh we've we've done a lot of really fun stuff. Um we've gotten to do oh gosh like my favorite thing we did was we did a video series on The Hobbit, the movie specifically, and we ended up going to New Zealand and talking with a lot of people who that worked in the New Zealand film industry. One of the actors who played one of the Hobbits. It was this insane story that um, neither of us knew about, but how like basically the Hobbit film specifically killed the New Zealand film industry, or at least made wow. it very hard to unionize. Like oh, wow. people have been asking her for a year. Yeah, <laughs> like we're big. <laughs> we're both big Tolkien nerds, and people had been asking my boss to do something on the Hobbit films for years, and so we had been kicking it around. And um, one of our so. Um, my boss's assistant, who is also a friend that we met on the internet when we were all 13, 15, uh, she had a friend. I believe it was her, Lisa. She had a, She's also a YouTuber, too. She talks about Dracula. Anyway, uh, but anyway, I have, I'll have a YouTuber friends. Uh, but uh, anyway, she had a friend who was like, no, there's this whole thing where, like, they're, they're, they're called the Hobbit Laws, and they were just basically these big, massive union-busting um, laws that were kind of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um what's the word lobbied by by um uh warner brothers studio in effect um and it was it's right now because the president there is hacinda i'm just forgetting her last name right now um but right before that it had kind of been like that 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 kind of conservative swing that they had had where it become very like you know company friendly and they wanted to bring people in to just spend money in new zealand and warner brothers was like we're gonna leave new zealand and shoot this elsewhere you know if 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 basically if the new zealand um i'm just fudging a little bit of the details but the specifically the uh filmmaking uh filmmakers of new zealand like union or petitioned against this rather there's also like so many other intricacies that go into it because the australia actors union was very much against the new zealand filmmakers because like to them it was like now we don't have jobs like we're out of jobs because of this so what i'm getting at is it's a huge clusterfuck and that that's not even like getting into the making of the hobbit movies themselves which were also a mess like just a nightmare so but we it was really cool because we got you know nominated for a hugo for that and that was really really fun that's cool yeah i got to meet like george r R. martin which was so he was very drunk and so was I. So <laughs> that's Yes. That's yeah, all that's I could say to that. Yeah, yeah. But um that that was fun. We've we've gone to Paris you know, specifically to talk about the hunchback in Notre Dame and that like we, we of course we also went to the opera because every time I've gone to Paris, I'm like, I I must go <laughs> yeah. to, to my spiritual home. But um yeah, we've we've gotten to do so many really, really cool things. And um honestly, like I my background in, in school is in art history. Um I originally wanted to be an animator and my AP art teacher was like you know, you're really good at talking about art. So, you know, I I took the hint. I took the hint and was just like, um, mm, okay, and ended up getting into art history, which is fantastic. And in a lot of ways, people make fun of it, but it's kind of been amazing. It's made it a very, um, a lot of it's just about 
perception and picking apart the world around you. And I had never thought after I graduated that, like, you know, I'd ever actually use it again in in a way that was meaningful. I, I write and edit videos for YouTube. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> well, that, and well, I, I get mean, to talk about... And the nice thing is I get to talk about things I love, like genuinely love and, and use skills yeah. that I picked up in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like work those muscles. Like I really appreciate mm-hmm. like the deep dives that you and Lindsay do because it's like, mm. you, like I never know what I'm going to get when I tune in. Like you have like <laughs> the title, but it's like, but really what is going to happen? Because you, you have these like natural, just like journey throughout, like we're yeah. going to go through this story. Um, and it's yeah. like, like w- what our show is, it's edutainment. <laughs> entertaining Um, yeah and and I think like you know Kat probably feels similarly with like her degree in just history and being like what am Mm. I going to do with that and then being Mm. able to use a show like ours to like deep dive into that and be like oh I did learn stuff (laughs) yeah this is real world useful knowledge here see the value of a liberal arts degree is truly real um (laughs) and i i I, like i i I, you know i I say that like sounding kind of twee but honestly like zero regrets about it um uh, just the progression of how those videos work is some of them are very straightforward. They're like kind of immediately what we set out to make and then we make them and for the most part they stay the same. But then there's occasionally that video where it's just like you start with a thesis and then that thesis gets like dynamited or Frankensteined into some very, very bizarre stuff. Like um, we did a video on uh, this Omegaverse kerfuffle. Yeah. Uh, that ended up being the most insane thing to have, like, taken over. It, it happened at the beginning of COVID, too. So it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, this is, is this what my COVID life's going to be? Um, <laughs> I'm like, I, it, it's a, this is a, a, a PG show, or, you know, I, I want to keep it fairly clean. And the subject matter is unfortunately <laughs> not. Yeah. The video that we made about it is, 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 is work safe, but, like, the subject matter is not. There's, there's um, just a, a genre of fiction called Omegaverse, and it's basically, like, if you supplemented, um, like, wolf mm, hierarchies and mating patterns onto humans, um, yep. uh, what, what would that be it. like? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've, had, I've had this. I've just this outed Gabe, but she yeah. told me <laughs> It's start- <laughs> Just the, the defeat in your voice, like you know, the the resignation, yeah, I know. like oh. <laughs> I sat her down. I sadly explained it. I said sorry many times that that yeah. was something I've ex- I've read and have also now shared with her. Oh well, it's like I I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. It's a totally if that's your thing, it's cool. But we 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 basically stumbled into um because because it started in fan fiction um ostensibly mm-hmm. like it's a big fan like, if you most most fandoms have like Omegaverse tags on AO3, the big fan fiction site. Um, and uh, it's not my thing, but you know what, if it, sure, you know, I'm not here to yuck anyone's <laughs> yeah, young, yeah. but yeah. this particular video was about, uh, it's a big genre on like Kindle Unlimited. So, mm-hmm. and Ooh. you know, that's all self-publishing, which is the wild, wild west. So this, these, this video was about this drama between two authors pertaining to like what one author thought of was copyright violation which it wasn't, but like she went and litigated it anyway, and it just blew up into this massive, it, like genuinely insane drama that had like cases open in like two states in the United States. Um, it, it got written up in the New York Times before we even touched it, and then so we started talking about it in one video, just like describing the drama, and that was it. And then the kind of villain of the first one. Even though we didn't villainize her, we were just telling it as it is. She went after my boss and tried to intimidate her into taking mm-hmm. the video down. And then it blew up into a second part video that got even more insane. Because then we went through, like, the depositions of all these trials just to, like, clear our name. Wow. Like, yeah. Stuff that, so that's that's truly what I cannot have imagined. Like, 20-year-old me going out into the world being like, what can I add of value? Like, what intellect, like, what what is my purpose? What is my legacy leaving behind me? And then, you know, me mm-hmm. at 33 just being like, okay, so this is a fully disgusting term for when people do the X, Y, and Z thing. And actually, someone in court had to, like, say this, and then a stenographer <laughs> had to write it down. You know, it's just like... <laughs> amazing to me and if if like my mother-in-law was like was asking me like oh what what project are you guys working on you're you're just kind of like i I don't know how to talk to you about this 
our, our power went out while we were working on that project. So we stayed at their house and I'm just sitting there reading like all this, this, all this deposition stuff. And yeah. my mother in law's like, Oh, what's this? And I'm like, you, I can't, I can't, this is you not a conversation. I, <laughs> I want to have 60% of these words. I don't want to say to my mother in law, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 no. Still be able to look me in the eye. <laughs> yes, exactly. Explaining it to people my age who are like, somewhat internet savvy is hard enough as it is you know my mother-in-law who you know thinks like vineyard vines is cool and like really <laughs> loves like the, she loves the cup song from pitch perfect i'm like i don't, can't she's i love her she's very sweet but i'm like i i love because i love her yeah. i don't want to talk about the omega verse with her <laughs> if that makes sense yeah but that, that, uh, yes. so that was that was um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very cool job. Like it has its own struggles. Don't get me wrong. No job is perfect, but it, 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 it is fun to kind of be surprised like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that definitely wasn't happening at some of my older jobs. So yeah. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. like a freedom in that too. Yeah. Um, and an yeah. excitement to like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do and why? Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah. we get here? Um, oh, like we're so anxious for for whatever the new normal with COVID is going to be, like when we're able to like really travel again, like because we have a couple of ideas floating around and it's 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 very exciting, but also very just like with the situation right now, we got to take it, you know, one day at a time. But like it's like mm, there's, there's so many ideas floating down there that are probably going to be equally horrifying and yeah, fun. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exciting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to um, pivot before we kind of jump into the film and just talk sure. more about your your love of musicals and the opera and just like what mm-hmm. are some of your like what is the the draw for you and like what sure. are some of your favorites and why? I guess. <laughs> gotcha. Ah, uh, so my parents are both, um, my, my, my mother's still alive. My, my father, uh, passed away when I was, uh, 13, but like they were both, they both loved musicals, like just absolutely, you know, my dad was a great singer. My mom just liked going to see shows. And then by the time they had kids, like my mom, you know, it was a stay at home mom and my dad didn't make a lot of money. So we didn't go to the theater unless it was like high school you know, productions of shows. And if we were lucky, like a local dinner theater, like community dinner theater, but like if it had a film version of it, whether it was like a studio film or like a pro shot of something, like we had it. So like Mm -hmm. growing up, it was just nothing, nothing but watching musicals. Like, and my parents were like totally supportive of it. My brother and sister were not supportive of it, but like, because I, I just, like, from, from, like, day one, just, like, really liked singing. Like, that that was always something I really liked. And to me, like, there was something about singing, especially in, in the context of theater or even opera, like, that, that that's trying to push a narrative that is, like, such, so cool to me. Because, like, musical theater, you know, that's a cliche of it, but, like, people sing because the emotion is just so big that saying mm-hmm. it... Um, doesn't doesn't compel or doesn't comply doesn't what's the word Def- infer the, the the extent to what you feel something um and that's always been really really cool to me like just to be able to play with big emotions like that um super easily i also just like music in general so um when you put like a great great lyrics or a great like book of a musical to song like what you can pull out of that is is amazing to me um how like uh, i uh I guess my very first Broadway musical that I saw was um, Peter Pan. And it was the Jules Stein one where it's like, I'm flying, like that one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, was at, it was at the theater where Wicked plays now, the Gershwin. And I had never seen anything like it before. Like, I'd seen Peter Pan before, but like seeing like the massive insane sets and just like people being like rigged up to fly and then like the vocal talent on display... If I had already been a theater kid, I was like done for at that point. <laughs> and that same year, my mom took me to see a dinner theater production of Singing in the Rain. Like they did a stage version of that. And it was very small, but like it also blew my mind. I was like, this is this is what I want to do or like or just be involved with for the rest of my life. Like it was it was. Yeah. Like sports. They couldn't find one that got me. But like that happened. And I was like, yes, this is this is what I like. Um, and I guess for me, like in terms of musicals that really, I think get what I, 
or, or, or exemplify why I like about that. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Sondheim. Like, the works of Stephen Sondheim are just my favorite. Sunday in the Park with George is my favorite musical. If you've never seen it, there's a pro shot of it with Bernadette Peters and Mandy Patinkin. It's about the creation of art, but also just letting go of hurt, bad emotional feelings, you know, learning to live with a painful past while still creating and looking forward to the future. So like for me, that is just like, it's it's one of the most profound pieces of media I've seen that talks about that subject um, or those subjects and highly recommend it. Um, I, I love Into the Woods too. I know a lot of people, if they know Sondheim show, it's probably Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods is just like, again, like a uh, show that makes me cry, like weep. Um, but I also love like, a lot of really corny stuff, too. Like, <laughs> I... Well, one, obviously, I love Phantom. This is, like, what we're getting at to here, and I'll save save talking about that for later, but um, I recently saw there was a revival of Oklahoma done a couple of years ago uh, at, uh, at Circle in the Square, and um, that's a show, as a kid, I was like, oh, that's corny, and, <laughs> like, I, old people like it, and I just... Uh, and it's it's one of the first modern musicals. Um, you know, opera existed, and then obviously, like, um, what's the word? Vaudeville. And it's not like it was the first thing to ever put, uh, you know, songs in a narrative and move it forward uh, with the music. But, like, it, it's kind of like the first modern, what we call modern Broadway musical. And so I saw this revival of it. It had a spared debt, like a very parsed-down orchestra there were no real sets. It was just literally leaning into what the music was doing. And it was sexy and it was super funny and it got really creepy and unsettling at points. And I was like, this, this rocks, like this rocks. Like what else, (laughs) what medium does this, like does this, like, like this does, like it was just a really cool thing to see, you know, going into my thirties, like, no, this, this is cool. Like, you, it, it was uh, yeah, I, I don't have words. I just was like, yes, I loved it. Kick so much butt. And uh, I, but I, I, yeah, I also just like really like um big cheesy stuff too. Like I love, I, I saw The Lion King again this week since the, like the first time I'd seen it since high school and it ruled. I was just like, I, I don't know. Like I was just <laughs> like, uh, it, it was just, you know, it, where do you get to see so many talented people like right in front of you, like just giving it 100%. And, you know, Broadway isn't the be all end all of musical theater. So I just, I want to put that message out there. Go see community shows, go to your high school shows, go see touring productions of things. But like, it it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a great collaborative medium, I guess. Cause it's, mm-hmm. there's just so many behind the scenes pieces of it that are necessary to make a show work. Like I saw Wicked this week for the first time ever and I didn't really care for it, but like the costumes were so insane. And to like see that level of attention and detail put into something like this was really cool. And you know, you always have insane people in the pits. You have all the insane like stage management people that are making sure all of this goes off and happens. I have friends that do sound design on Broadway and like, it's such a crucial part. Like that's so cool. it's such, it's like film in that it's like really collaborative, um, but it's happening right in front of you. And that's, that's, it's very cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all active. Like I, I was talking to Kat the other day because we have minimal experience with musicals, but just from like behind the scenes, like I've worked like yeah. stage crew and like, mm-hmm. you know, creating the props for like a community theater in college. Um, I yeah. worked a uh, stage crew <laughs> and like I was, like, that was like, <laughs> one of the best parts, like to see the plays and the dances and like, to, yeah. you know, be in the booth to like cue the lighting yeah. and like thinking of how yeah. much goes into like this part is lit and this is that and like Kat worked in like as the in the pit orchestra right yeah i was actually like pretty i wanted to be in musical theater but i had (laughs) no confidence um Uh. i was very insecure middle school high schooler um so i would always audition knowing i wasn't gonna get a part but i still (laughs) did it and then i was like you know it's fine i'm just gonna be in the pit orchestra because i could play violin like pretty well and no one sees you like you're you're basically (laughs) in darkness and your, your mom knows you're in the pit, but, like, no one else right. really, like, that's about yeah. it. Like, my grandpa would come to the shows, but it wasn't, oh. like, a whole thing. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I was in every single pit orchestra for every musical my school did. Oh, wow. Um, because I just really liked it. Uh, but, 
Yeah, not actually theater in terms of like I I did audition, but I would sing like sing like this, really quiet, <laughs> and then it wouldn't actually be like you can't be on stage. We don't have microphones. You need to project. Sweetie, can I say this that like I actually didn't really start liking my own voice until my 30s like and I had like so in high school middle school I tried out for shows and I was I was never cast in anything or if I was I was in like the chorus where it was just like 8,000 people in the chorus (laughs) because they they would everyone got a role in the spring musical you know like that kind of thing um uh, if I did get cast in anything with a like uh, a speaking role it was always like an old lady which is like such a (laughs) bummer when you're a kid because like (laughs) You don't want to be the old lady. You want to be the yeah. ingenue. At least I, that was how it yeah. was for me. Um, you know, comedic relief sort of stuff. And even in college, like, you know, I'd still kind of get cast in those same sort of roles. And for I, I remember auditioning for my last musical in high school, my senior year. And my drama teacher said, you know, you should stick to if you the college where I was going to the University of Delaware um, has a bunch of theater student groups. And he was like. You know, if you do theater in high school, and I took drama classes, so this was, like, devastating to me. He said, you should just stay in, like, theater. Don't, you know, just maybe just, just, just you know, uh, you're good at acting, you know, like, was what he was saying. Oh, yeah, no. like, And so for the longest time, and it was just like, you know, my brother and sister always told me they hated my voice, but that's your brother and sister, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just going to, well, I mean, and you can't blame them when you're, like, ah, screlting it, like. <laughs> 9 p.m. while they're trying to get ready for bed like of course they're going to hate you and and also it is annoying like that is the reality of it but like uh so for the longest time I just like you know was kind of like well uh, I don't know if I like really like singing publicly anymore if that's what I'm about and then I don't I think it was just um getting older and also like I started doing improv comedy and that really helps like just with confidence a lot mm-hmm. you know and then like I'd, I'd naturally sometimes would sing in shows and got comfortable doing it normally on stage and then towards my late 20s in my early 30s like I actually started like auditioning with confidence and it was really cool to like a lot of it was just not caring like yeah and I'm so but I guess what I'm talking I guess like even if you know you, you don't want to perform it's it's more like the, the the idea that you care so much when you're in high school especially <laughs> if you want to do theater and like people yeah. are not going to make that room for you like it's like if you're not like someone who has parents that are paying for voice lessons and dance lessons which I definitely didn't have you know like it's very hard for people even like high school drama teachers, especially if you have a crappy one, like I kind of did, to make room for people to grow, you know? And like, that's, that's like what's really, really hard about it. And like shitty, like again, pardon me, sorry, again, (laughs) crappy. Um, For, 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 like that it took me until like, honestly having, I had a kid and I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, I just don't care what people think about me at this point. and the, that's actually really helped. Is but like uh, we don't let kids not care. You know, that's that looks mm-hmm. like my one kind of beef in in yeah. a, a lot of with a lot of performing arts teachers is you know they want kind of a finished product or something that's easy for them to nurture, um, mm-hmm. versus giving people who might be shy or you know yeah. not like a chance. And I, I like I love doing. I'm very lucky. I get to perform a lot now too, and that's that's really cool. But like I also did pit for a little bit too. <laughs> because of that so I did a lot of pit and stage crew Um, I have a really sad story that maybe I won't get into (laughs) but like I was in a production of Joseph of the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in middle school as one of the wives which is just like one of the ensembles and none of the other like boys in my group uh, so like it's basically there's Jacob the patriarch and then he has wives and then he has sons and like they're the ensemble they, they each dance with each other and all of the boys playing his sons, nobody wanted to be with me. Like, they were all like, she's the ugly fat one, we don't want to be with her. And no. then, it, it was so awful. And then the, the the wives also, like, doubled as, like, the dance ensemble. And I remember this, this is very clearly burned into my head. The choreographer they had hired and the director pulled me aside and said, like, well... I realized that I wasn't being used in this one dance scene. And I was like, oh, am I going to be in this? And they were like, we don't think you'd look like this costume would be flattering on you, was what they had told me. And I I went home that day. I cried to my mom. I was so devastated. And like for this was this is the same year, like maybe two months after my dad had passed away. And like I was just like super depressed. And my mom was just like 
like, how do you tell your kid, like, this is really, you know, but like my mom was just like, uh, and that day I quit, I quit that night. And then I joined Mm -hmm. the pit the next day because I was, I really liked band. And Mm -hmm. uh, the band teacher was like, well, there aren't really any kids in the band. It's all high school, college students and, you know, retirees. So you'll fit in there. And so for a long time I did pit. I played trench horn. So, (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I play trumpet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brass. And that's my sad story. So wherever that director is and that choreographer is, I hope sure they know. Yeah. Now I'm successful and talking on Twitter about butts. So <laughs> <laughs> thank yes. you. Yeah, thank you. That's I, so real. I, you know, yeah. we uh, next week are talking about K through 12, Melanie Martinez's mm-hmm. uh, music, uh, musical visual album um Mm -hmm. and we just had like and we've kind of come through it this whole year and like how jealous we are of like gen z's and like this kind of supportive (laughs) environment that they have and how everyone's like it's okay to be yourself and you gotta love Mm -hmm. your body and you have role models like lizzo and then you also have like yeah like like like, you have Lil nas x and we're like we were so miserable and like everyone told us we were awful and that we can't accomplish any dreams yeah (laughs) so we're all just very sad um yeah yeah and you have to wear low-cut jeans Yeah, yeah, right. You have the most unflattering jeans that ever could, or like, just not supportive either. Yeah. Um, Oh, worst jeans. I have like this memory of being it being like 2000, and I'm reading Cosmo Girl, and they have like a little interview with David Boreanaz, who played Angel on Buffy, and then an Angel, and then uh, he had such a huge crush on him, and I remember they asked him like. Oh, what's what do you think makes a woman hot? And this is me, thirteen years old, reading this, and he's like, "Oh, a woman who wears like low cut jeans and a white t shirt." And I was just like, "Well, now I know how I'm gonna seduce David Boreanaz, but also as a thirteen year old, um, but also like, um, it was like, yes, the low cut jeans, but also you put those on and they don't like." look amazing on you then like yeah. go back to He's the sewers baby that's me. where you, yeah exactly <laughs> no one will ever love you that's it that's the reason <laughs> yeah. why yeah. you win it yeah it, it, like, which, it was hard because like musical theater is also just like a very big bastion for nerdy kids but like mm-hmm. you still in high school have like the same kind of clickish drama infighting yeah. and like bullying and stuff like that uh, and it, it's like, uh, you go, like, you think I'm the only freak in the world, even though this is yeah. like such a common narrative. Like, pretty much all my friends who did theater were like, yes, this was this was also my experience too. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't I wasn't the favorite th- kid in theater, so I thought I could never do theater. Uh, and I didn't look like you know an ingenue, you know. So I thought mm-hmm. no one's ever going to want me to perform in anything. And it's just it's so it's so it's so I'm so very jealous of of Gen Z, you know, like yeah. yeah. Good like for them. that they, yeah. That you'll see kids having these conversations, and you're like, "That's very cool." Like, I'm yeah. so happy for you, and also, and like, I wish yeah. it was for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. I feel like w- w- when we covered climax, we were talking about like the dance community, and it's very competitive, even though it's collaborative. And I feel like musical theater is similar to that because there is like when you always have like the what is the person where they could fill in for you what are understudy called? oh an understudy, understudy. yeah <laughs> it's like where like you have that person who's just like kind of t- kind of waiting for, for you, you to, to trip yeah uh, exactly so, like how many horror films are like about a murderous yeah. like understudy who like yeah gets to be the star or even just like murder. like showgirling like somebody like <laughs> just showgirl shoving them down the stairs or putting beads on yeah. the stairs that sort of thing yeah <laughs> yeah which is like yeah so like that that environment can be so competitive and can get toxic like most like anywhere but then there's also like uh like you were explaining like improv which like I've done and definitely helped like our show and just me being able to to be a host in anything or just like a Mm -hmm, public mm -hmm. speaker like it definitely helps but it's so supportive (laughs) like it's it's like it's that comfort of like you know you're gonna go out there you're gonna throw something up and someone's gonna catch it and they're yeah you know keep that going so to like combine this idea of like it were improvising and it's also musical like that like when i watched <laughs> you all is like this is wild like a like a, a chord just starts like <laughs> this music just yes. starts and then you're just like going with it and you remember the words that you just said like i'm like this is wild yeah <laughs> it it's honestly like and honestly improv lends itself so well to musical theater because like you 
you know, singing is, I still get scared singing in front of people. And, you know, I get scared doing improv. And, like, improv is all about, like, not to say that organizations can't have their own problems or that, you know, it's it's also not, you know, immune to drama. But um, <laughs> what improv has really, like, taught me is, like, you know, you just kind of have to trust yourself and that trust that other people will take care of you and to not, like, get too into your own head about it. And in mm-hmm. a weird way, like, that made it so much easier for me to sing in front of people. It was, like, you, you just got to do it. If you don't do it, then you'll always wonder why didn't I make that choice or why did I do you know like that like you just got to go out there and do it and once you start once you start doing it enough times you just stop getting like so in your head about it you know yeah or yeah. you're you're able to be able to do it with confidence and yeah doing doing improv musical stuff in particular is really fun because at least with our ensemble about half of us are musical theater people and the other half are just improv people who like music, but they might not necessarily be musical theater people. Um, and like to see those two instincts that you know people have uh, kind of come up against each other makes something really wonderful. Like someone who's really good with musical theater and knows how it's structured and like the tropes and cliches of it can pull from whatever insane thing a comedy person is doing with the energy that they give. Like it's, it's a really mm-hmm. cool, cool form of, of improv. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, yeah. I'm always impressed. <laughs> Whenever, yeah. So when when the world is a little safer and you're doing yeah. that again, I would love to, to, to watch. And I encourage anyone who's local here in Philadelphia to definitely check out a show. Um, yeah. And when, you know, at the end, we'll kind of throw out, like, your social media, because I know you're also on, like, sure. TikTok, and you're really great. You can hear you sing on TikTok. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I'm you. a crazy fan. Uh, outing myself as a weirdo. Uh, and no, then also, okay. like, your, your Twitter super entertaining and also educational. But I do want to hop yes. into the film slash the, the opera that is. So I will give the brief synopsis from IMDb uh, about Phantom of the Opera, which is a young soprano becomes the obsession of a disfigured and murderous musical genius who lives beneath the Paris Opera House. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you do, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> This was actually, so I have heard, I've heard many of the songs because it's like, it's hard to live in today's world and not have heard like a Phantom of the Opera. But I had never actually like, I'd seen scenes probably because it was on the TV (laughs) and I like put it on and I had never really like sat down. Kat has seen it like a bunch. So (laughs) she was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it again. This is fun. So I watched it for the first time, like all the way through. Wow. For this. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, okay. Here oh we go. my God. I'm so, so many emotions to say. Like, because I, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know how you want me to get into this. Like, I, I have a very, very complex relationship with Phantom of the Opera in general. Yeah, um, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, hop yeah, in. So, so <laughs> I know specifically we're here to talk about the movie, and the movie. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> at least in my opinion, it is not a good representation of the show. But also, okay, I, again, when I say I have a very complicated relationship with this movie, um, I've seen it so many times that you'd have to argue, you know, and I'm like, this movie sucks and blah, 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 blah. But I've seen it so many times that you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does it? Do you hate it? <laughs> this, this, do I honestly hate it? Like, I've watched, like, this is such a fun movie to, like, drunk watch with friends. Um, yes, yeah. So, like, so, like, in a way, I, it's kind of grown on me. And the more I think about Joel Schumacher, the director, like, mm-hmm. the more it's also kind of grown on me. And, he, you know, recently departed Joel Schumacher, may he rest in peace, for giving us this in, insane piece of pop culture that he did. Um, the show for me is like the the show that kind of launched my real foray into Broadway. Like I'd always liked Broadway, but like this was the show that got me like really serious about it. And it started actually with the do you remember the TV show Wishbone? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So Wishbone, for those <laughs> who did not know it, uh, the most adorable thing in the world. Wishbone was a show on PBS in the uh, mid 90s. And every episode was this cute little Jack Russell Terrier. And he'd have like some real world story going on. And he would relate it to a book from classical literature. And so half the episode would be a little dog like acting out in full costume, 
you know, Romeo and Juliet, or you know, the story of Joan of Arc, or or, or Oliver Twist, and they did an episode Robin of Family of the too. Opera. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah, they, they did <laughs> Tales Two City. Some of them would get like really weird. You're like, oh man, you're going for some yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going. They'd be doing like Moliere's The Invalid, and uh, you're just like, oh sure, okay, like. And I love that show. And I remember seeing that episode and Beauty and the Beast was already my favorite Disney movie. And I remember seeing this and being like, something about this is like clicking for me. Because I, I was a weird kid and I think it was always just a, a weird and kind of a lonely kid. And like, so anytime there's ever like a lonely character in a thing, I, I like grabbed onto it really hard. So I loved that. And then the, the silent horror film version in, made in 1925 with Lon Chaney. I saw them about the same time. Loved them both. Uh, and then in seventh grade, I was in an accelerated reading program, and my teacher had all these books just on her like shelf, and one of them was Fan of the Opera, and I remember going like, I remember liking the Wishbone episode of this. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm gonna read, read that. <laughs> and I, the yeah. book, the book, the book, like the fandom is like my thing, but the book is like really where my heart is, like in general, and like I have a tattoo that's of the original oh French God, novels cover. That's so cool. Uh, <laughs> but like so that was where it really began and then shortly after that happened my dad passed away and my mom was trying to figure out like what to do with me and she couldn't take me to see Broadway shows but she could take me to Borders Books and like buy me a cast album recording and they you used to be able to like listen to the entire CD at the store and I would just just standing there one day in the musical section listening to the double album cast recording and I begged my mom to buy it for me and she did and that's that's as the rest they say is history and that's how I got really into fandom after that like that is what launched it that is what started fan fiction that is what how I met my friends like that's where <laughs> fandom comes for me and this all happened in 2001 and there had been so much hubbub trying to get this musical made into a movie prior to that so it debuted in 1987 the year I was born on Broadway um and people have been pushing for years to get it made. Uh, they wanted Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman to star in it, which they're not TV-looking or film people. <laughs> so it wouldn't have worked in general. And at the time, once it started kicking back up again that they were going to make the movie in the early 2000s, the rumor was that it was going to be Antonio Banderas playing the Phantom. And I remember everyone's on, like, LiveJournal, and they're on their, like, little GeoCities web rings and message boards just being like, Oh no, we can't have that. And then uh, when they announced Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum, and everyone was kind of like waiting on deaf, like, or, or just, just like waiting to see, oh, will they be able to sing? I think it was just a very interesting surprise with what they got. <laughs> and I, I love yeah. Emmy Rossum. And, and in a way, I've grown to love Gerard Butler too. But like, um, so all this is to say, this was the mindset I was in in 2004 when I went and saw this movie on opening night. Just like, the, just, it's. Sorry, I'm like trying to put yeah. myself back in that that profound feeling of like this is the thing that I really love and I went and saw it on opening night with my sister and this girl I had a massive crush on and she knew I was obsessed with Phantom and so we were sitting there watching it and I'm just like looking at her going like this is not this is not what I like I swear you know like and she's just like <laughs> kind of sitting there and I'm like ah uh, ah uh, you know <laughs> and like so 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 for especially when you're 17, if you hate something, you know you're going to be like very much like this is sucks and it's the worst thing ever, and you have no sense of perspective on it. Um, and as I've gotten older through time and gone back and listened to people talk about how like oh this movie is what got me into musical theater, this is my introduction to Phantom, and I have it, you know, it's it's really close to my heart. I might be admit like able to admit it's kind of cheesy, but it's still really close to me. Like I, I've gotten like cool, you know what. I respect it for that. And especially after having watched the Dear Evan Hansen movie, which is boring as hell uh, and has like no, no, it doesn't even care that it's a musical at all. It's just nothing but like one, two shots back and forth. Like in hindsight, I give it to Joel Schumacher. It might not be my vision for Phantom, but it's a vision. So, yeah. and like there's an aesthetic choice made, you know, there's, there's, there's a commitment to something in it. And so like, also, like there, there are things I genuinely do love, like Minnie Driver in it as like kind of the 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 head diva of the opera, Carlotta. It's just a great camp performance. Like she gets what this movie is about, and you're like, yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, like when I was I was watching it, it, I was like, we need to like bring this back, like the, how we would just go ham <laughs> on these yeah. like, productions. Like I was like yeah. thinking like Moulin Rouge. I was just like, I yes. want like. What can we do? What is out there? Yeah, like, that we can how do, do we find? Yes. Where's the money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah bring it like, back. Like, 
oh. just make it big because every everything wants to be so hyper literal. Like, because it was also a problem just in Broadway in general in the two thousands. You had a great show like The Producers, which is very lamp shady and like constantly breaks the fourth wall, and it works very well for like that show. But like every show in like the two thousands suddenly became like we have to constantly make fun of the fact that this is a musical, or mm-hmm. that you might have to pull yourself out of your suspension of disbelief, you know, to be like, see, this is weird and wouldn't make sense, and. It definitely happened in film, film musicals in particular, where it's like we need to look serious and like, uh, with like the like Miz film where it was like, no, we have to record the vocals live, even if it's not really lending itself well to the music, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I, I hate it so much. And in, in that in, in that sense, like, I respect Phantom for at least, again, committing to being full yeah. butt musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it definitely is. And it's it. You definitely get transported in there um, mm-hmm. with it being like my first time really experiencing even just like the story. Like you were saying with like Beauty and the Beast, I definitely was thinking of like Hunchback, which was my favorite film growing up. I was just like, this is about compassion and loving other people. And like, yeah, I was like, this is my favorite thing in the world. Um, yeah. And see, like, I there's some you know, just triggering awful ableist things that are happening where I'm just like, oh, this is a product of the time, Mm, (laughs) for sure. Uh, There's a lot of that where it's like, oh. And then I was like, if this was made today, the Phantom is just like an incel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's his name? It's just a Chad for him. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like, it's very interesting how much like this this kind of thing appeals to, to, I'll just generalize and say like, teenage girls here and I think there's Mm -hmm. just something to be said with like you don't really get a lot of female protagonists antagonists that are not I guess what's the word I'm looking for here so let me backpedal um like when you're a 13 year old girl like me and you see a character like the phantom you're like he is why is he ostracized? Oh, it's because of his... Well, on the surface, it's because of his looks. But, like, the real reason mm-hmm. why he sucks is because he's, he's manipulative, people. murderous, <laughs> yeah. controlling jerk. Uh, but as a 13-year-old, you're like, oh, people don't like him because of his looks. And when you're a 13-year-old girl, what is, like, the big thing that people will, like, hammer you for? You, you, you're you not cute, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. the sort of thing. And you're like, cool, there's a character that would understand me, but also would be obsessed with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I wanted a boyfriend. Uh, so I was just like, oh, there, there's so much, like, appeal baked into that. And it's not, like, terribly dissimilar from, like, people who like Edward Cullen. Again, not, like, my thing yeah. at all, but I'm like, it's a very, like, teenage girl thing to just be like, yeah, he's messed up, but also he's sad. But also, yeah. he understands my darkness. But also, he's obsessed with me. And yeah, yeah again, from like it, it just hit all the buttons, you know. I'm not yeah. proud to admit it, but like. <laughs> no, I, I agree completely with like uh, I can see that appeal because it is yeah. very much like this is a person like to be the center of this person's world. He dedicates so much to it. He kills for you. Like that is very yeah. like. Cullen and like any <laughs> like yeah. film of the time uh, mm-hmm. or, or uh, book of the you know teen read yeah uh, is, the boy is very obsessed with you and like yeah. he it, it's also like you're his hero too right like yeah the, the person who can like save him <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly I can save him I can change him it'll be totally oh fine gosh, yeah. totally fine yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also the, the thing I also really liked about it the flip side of the coin is I also really really loved um, especially the book version of her but like the musical depending on I, I don't know necessarily Emmy Rossum's performance in this, but like depending on the actress playing her on the stage musical, I always really liked Christine too because like there's again that thing like I, I feel like if I hadn't found Phantom at the time that I did, it might not have hit as hard. But like she's you know grieving and lost her dad and really depressed and alone in the world. And mm-hmm. how do you find the, the the ability to move on past that was like something that really appealed to me as like a, as a 13 year old. Like it was it was just like the perfect combination. And then there's that Dingus Raul, you know, and you're just like yeah. oh, I don't care about him. Yeah, uh, it takes forever. To go find a sword, just yeah, the fifteen-minute sword that, intermission. Oh, the sword, so that 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 was an added for the movie thing, and I was they just wanted to pad something so out, bad. and like that scene, like I, I just want to be in the boardroom where they were like, do you know what this musical needs is a five-minute 
sword scene. Like that yeah. is poorly yeah. choreographed. Poor really yeah, dramatic so, vest yeah. removal while running down steps. Just like you know, yes. like, just, I really just wanted yes. to highlight yes. highlight yeah. this man. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> like oh. what do we do? And, then, on the, and he's like riding the horse, and then he's just like yeah. not there for like a long yeah. time. Like, where did he go? Uh, yeah, and, and he then he like have this time. He like. <laughs> He defeats the phantom, like he has him on like a sword, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go now. I guess this will resolve itself." And you're just like, "Yeah, he why did you lesson. add this? Yeah, like, <laughs> for, you think just well, like being like, okay, I totally uh, took down your manhood in front of the chick you have a crush on, but now we're gonna go. This will have no consequence. Like, it's just very why. Like, there's the, yeah. uh, there's a lot of why decisions in this movie." Um, Quite frankly, minimal social interactions. It doesn't understand like (laughs) that. We'll totally get that. (laughs) What's happening here? Oh yeah, I'll get over the fact that he's been grooming my girlfriend. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I do agree though that Christine was like very powerful, and that was like even though she had been through so much, and that she experienced like that level of trauma, and like even in like exploring the fact she had one hundred percent been being groomed by this man, and like her like kind of like reckoning with the fact that something that she felt so connected with throughout her whole life because she thought this was the angel that her dad sent her like that was just Mm -hmm. such a fundamental part of her grieving process um and how like aside from the ableism elements uh that there were like the way that she was like realizing like yeah murder is bad but i'm still going to be honest yet empathetic and stand strong like the movie is not ending with her going with the phantom uh yeah which i was watching this re-watching this as an adult i was like i don't remember what happens but if that's what happens i'm upset because that's it's a precedent for like yeah accepting um, all the other incels um, <laughs> and also just like harming children um yeah. well, and like acting I, I like s- that's totally cool <laughs> yeah so i was happy that I didn't will- happen I will say this, the stage, mu- like, the the having spoken to her since she was a child thing is a movie thing. Like, that's not in the stage oh. show. It's not in the book either. The book, it's only, like, they've only known each other for a few months. Like, nice. she'd only been taking voice okay. lessons for a few months. And the stage show just doesn't imply that at all. Like, you don't know how long. No. You just know that she's been taking lessons recently. And, like, mm. so, look, there's a lot of, again, that's a, whole a lot of choices vibe. about this. Yeah, like, this is a very active choice they made for this movie. Yeah. And also, what always creeped me about it at least as an adult, um, is that Emmy Rossum was 16 when they were filming this. Yeah, which, and he was like 40. Um, he's 40, and you know, he's like he was like 36. Oh gosh, and I thought she was 18. I'm bad at math. Okay, No, continue. she was 16, because she's my age, and I remember being like, in high school, being like, she was big making bit. out with she, those 36-year-old men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so, oh. and like, you can tell, like, part of the problem with this movie is there's um, a really, really great pro shot of the 25th anniversary show, and, like, it's fantastic. The actors are all of, like, the right age. They're all professional Broadway West End singers. It's fantastic. Like, I highly recommend checking it out. It's easily available. But um, they have great... Even if you don't like the idea of Christine and the Phantom together, they have great chemistry. Like, this great... Like, you can see, like, the the tension is there, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas with this movie... I, you, especially watching it as, as someone who was almost the same age Gerard Butler was when they filmed it, he looks so uncomfortable. Like, he, yeah. like he's like they have no no chemistry whatsoever, and it's just like yeah. she's sixteen and he's like a, probably a thirty six year old man. Like, okay, well, I have to not make this too weird, you know? It's just yeah. like it's such a strange so choice. Yeah. yeah, the director I, needs to. No, I understand that he is no longer with us, but yeah. all I'm saying is. That no, is an bad. interesting choice that mm. is upsetting. It is a very, <laughs> and that's a trend very, in Hollywood too. Yeah, yeah. Like the young woman, much older man, and then yeah. it really skews your understanding of like how we should look as well, which yeah. is like yeah. just further causes problems for us. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, like, kind of going back to what Kat was saying about the the ending in Christine. There's like that. I mean, obviously the the cliche where she's like, it's it's not. 
physically that's ugly. <laughs> inside, yeah. inside you're ugly. Um, yeah. But even still, like, when he is, like, being really awful and he's, like, torturing her, like, beloved and all that, like, she mm. still takes a moment to be like, what happened to you? Like, what Like what did they do? Because yeah. she doesn't know. She didn't yeah. get that yeah. crash course background check. <laughs> uh, yeah. The boyfriend got and still didn't, he still was like, gotta go murder him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, she is, like... I like what has happened through all this time to make you like this and to think this is the way that you solve problems. Mm-hmm. And like, I really like loved that part of like, I mm-hmm. could do without the really uncomfortable and excruciatingly long kiss. Um, yeah. <laughs> I could very much do without, but before that I was like, wow. I, I cause it would me, I'd be like, you need to go. <laughs> like, with this yeah. a problem. I hate you. You're a monster. Like, inside. Yeah. But she was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Let's talk about um, this, bud. <laughs> what's interesting to me, and what I what I do like about the Andrew Lloyd Webber version, not necessarily just the movie, but the, the stage show in general, is this, this book is over 100 years old, and it's had about... 8,000 different adaptations. Some that lean like full horror, some that are just kind of like middling potboiler mysteries, some of them that are just rip-offs of the Andrew Lloyd Webber version. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But what the Andrew Lloyd Webber... And it's interesting to see what they lean into, like what, what elements of the story are what they speak to. And uh, that the Andrew Lloyd Webber version is so invested in this idea of compassion and personal strength through um, some really... Sp- screwed up stuff especially in regards to Christine like Christine has had a hard mm-hmm. life and that's yeah. the thing that I think that a lot of versions don't really lean into and I think mm-hmm. that explain a lot of why her character is the way she is um, like in the book she's yeah she's she's kind of a loner like her dad's passed away nobody really wants to be her friend she's just kind of this really yeah. weird girl you know and she's gone through a lot and this thing that has brought her comfort has been a huge source of manipulation, but she's human and still has attachment to it. And like, how do you, how do you navigate that? And like, that's, that's always mm-hmm. been just like, I love Christine. Dye, sorry so much. Like yeah. it's a character I really, really love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I definitely felt like I, I wanted, uh, you know, more from that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, cause we do, unfortunately have to wrap, uh, it's, it's like time goes by could, so quickly whenever we have guests when we're just like, tell us yeah. more about you. We want to um, hang out. <laughs> I could talk about like phantom forever. Number one, like just nonstop. We have a really good video. Okay. Well, I'll save it for the plugs actually. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I just want to say, does anyone have any last thoughts that they really want to share about phantom, uh, any version of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. Um, well, if you want to see fundamental horror filmmaking, uh, you got to watch the Lon Chaney version, 1925. Fantastic. Like, so much of the horror genre owns a lot to it. Um, mm. And it's, it's also just one of my favorite movies. Uh, it, it's nice. great. Also, Phantom of the Paradise is my favorite adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. And that Writing is a Brian down. De Palma 70s camp horror musical. And it is fantastic. Yeah, we need to so, write yeah. it down and see that as well. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite movies, like, far and away. Because it's 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 goofy, but also has like it leans into like the kind of new romantic cheese too. So gotcha. And it's also horror, so yeah, it's fine. And there is a Freddy <laughs> there's a Freddy Krueger phantom that stars Robert. Uh, oh my gosh, the actor who plays England. Freddy Krueger, Ro- Robert England, and it's just it's not Freddy Krueger, but the character is basically the phantom if he were Freddy Krueger, and it's Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh so, wow, interesting. It's so many it's options. quite bad. So you got yeah. a lot to like look through, but uh, yeah, the, the source is my last fan of the opera thoughts for right now. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, mm. we have more. We should do more. Yeah. And I, oh my God. I, you know, if anything, this this musical series has been so fun because uh, one, it's been kind of like a break <laughs> from our usual heavy topics. Um, but it, they're like musical, like people. The same with horror. Like people often see horror and they're like think one thing they're like oh it's just slashers right uh Mm -hmm. and then you're like no if you like (laughs) just look at our show there's it's so diverse and the same thing with like even musical horror like none of our episodes have been the same they're not run-of-the-mill and yeah like going from something like repo (laughs) (laughs) to having phantom of the opera and eventually doing sweeney todd like those are so diverse and there's it's such a unique way to tell stories um that i'm appreciative of 
if I could just put in like one, I know we're like pressed for time, but the thing that was like, as I was thinking about coming on here tonight, I was like, well, you were saying like, we might talk about like why you like horror. And the thing to me that I like about horror is that it plays on big emotion. It plays on big emotion in, in a way that a lot of, I think other genres of film don't really get to play in because the heightened emotion is so much of what makes horror fun to watch. Like it's people mm-hmm. experiencing the extremes of either mm-hmm. things that we've felt before or that we've thought about, like wondered what we would be like if we were in that scenario. Like you are just living through really, really big emotions and really high stakes. And like, I think they, they both of the genres kind of play into the very, very well. And I think that's kind of why I like them both a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's thinking like, you know, you're projecting either cause you're screaming <laughs> you're yeah. projecting cause you're singing and you're getting across yeah. the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely, they play in similar uh, emotions and, and yeah. that kind of like adrenaline that's there too. And uh, yeah, that you can feel that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Where can our listeners and viewers find you uh, and any things that you want to plug so that people can sure. check out live or just like online, wherever it is. Okay, well, um, you can find me on Twitter at YAngelina Y, as in the word W-H-Y, Angelina W-H-Y. And when you see my Twitter, you will know why that's my handle, because it's uh, it's very goofy. Um, and uh, you can also see uh, the work that I do on the YouTube channel, Lindsay Ellis. Just search it. That's it. Um, we have a really awesome video, actually, about this movie uh, called... Phantom of the Opera, Joel Schumacher made a bad one or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember the title, but like there, we do have a really great video discussing this movie in more depth if you'd like to see that. And um, also, I will be in a musical called Christmas Town, the musical at Comedy Sports. Um, the last two weekends of December, it's a Christmas show. So, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. And a musical <laughs> and puppets. So, so cool. yeah. Ah, yes. Yes, uh, I love puppets. Um, Me too. I've worked with puppeteers and voice actors, and we have on Philly Cam, if people are watching on Philly Cam, uh, we have a show that is a combination of puppets, live music, and cooking. It has all those things. It's my it's a quintessential public access show called Chef nice. Check Adventures. Always play oh, it because it's phenomenal. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, this episode. It's super educational. It was so great to, to get to know you, Angelina, and like instead of just stalking you from afar. <laughs> like, well, thank you so much for having you. me. <laughs> I, I was uh, so excited yeah. to come. So thank you. Yeah, yes. Um, and for anyone who uh, is listening, make sure you, uh, you know, like and subscribe. And then also, if you have your own thoughts about Phantom of the Opera or musicals, if there's a musical we haven't covered yet and you want to hear or um, a guest uh, that you suggest, let us know. And you can always send your thoughts to the ghouls next door at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on social media everywhere. Uh, thank you, Ty Lurd. We have a, a comment. <laughs> it says, great ah. stream. Hi, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you. appreciate it. Um, and so uh, thank you all so much for watching. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe to our guest as well and catch up with that. And with that being said, Kat. Don't get married. Delete your kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay.